You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. There's a lot going on, that's for sure. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about first is a a situation that is developing that I had been afraid was going to happen after Trump Trump was elected president and uh, the Republicans maintained control of Congress. What we have here is we have activist federal judges stepping up and essentially trying to declare themselves as dictators. Now, what they're saying is that, well, we don't care what the president does. We don't care what the Congress does. We are a separate branch of government, but we're not equal. We are superior. And this has been the philosophy of federal judges, liberal federal judges, for years. And unfortunately, the Republicans in the Senate have continued to go along with appointing federal judges by the Obama administration to a certain extent. And prior to that, in the Clinton administration, federal judges who supposedly are going to be non-biased, but then they get on the bench and they become activists. Now, having practiced law for over 40 years, I dealt with federal judges on many occasions, and some of them were very good, and some of them were ideologues. They didn't care what the Constitution said. They didn't care about the separation of powers. They felt like they were appointed for life, and they were better educated than the rest of us, so therefore they could decide how we lived our lives and what freedoms we had. And this is not something new. This has been happening for years and years. Uh, I can remember a run-in I had with a federal judge in Baton Rouge who I would come before him and I would raise constitutional issues that he didn't want to hear about. And uh, we would clash frequently. And I would sometimes have to take him to the uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which at that point was a fairly conservative Court of Appeals and still probably is the most conservative in the country. And so I would get him reversed. But uh, one of the things that happened that was kind of interesting was that he decided on his own, because he was a senior judge in the Middle District of Louisiana, that there were six flags that were flown over the federal courthouse, and they were the six flags that represented Louisiana's history. Uh, The French flag, the British flag, Spanish flag, the Confederate flag, the U.S. flag, and then, of course, the Louisiana flag. Well, he decided that he didn't like the Confederate flag being flown, and he ordered it removed. Well, my kids had given me a tie at one point that had a Confederate battle scene depicted on it, or Civil War battle scene, but it had the Confederate flag prominently displayed. So I started wearing that tie every time I went into his courtroom. And I had good reason for that. I mean, I do not hate the Confederate flag. I do not hear, look at the Confederate flag as being a symbol of racism. I look at the Confederate flag as being a symbol of our history. And during the Civil War, my great-great-great-grandfather, who fought for the Confederacy, was killed at Gettysburg. And I honor his memory. Uh, he was a 
school teacher in a little Alabama town, uh, Livingston, Alabama, and he owned a little farm. He didn't have any slaves. I don't know if he believed in slavery. I don't think that was the reason he fought for his what he considered his country and his state. And he was killed at Gettysburg. He was a 22-year-old sergeant who happened to be a company commander because all the officers had previously been killed. And this was with the 5th Alabama. And the 5th Alabama was raised out of the two towns of Livingston, New York. And to show you how they suffered, over 600 men marched off in that regiment to fight in the Civil War for the Confederacy. Only 12 came home. This was how devastating it was. Those two towns took years, decades, to recover. I mean, they basically lost all of their young men and a lot of their middle-aged men during the Civil War. So I honor their memory because they fought for what they believed in. Whether you agree with what they believed in or not, doesn't matter. They were Americans. I had relatives on my other side of the family, the Connollys, who fought in the Civil War for the North. I honor them, too. So I used to wear this Confederate tie, and everybody in the courthouse knew what I was doing, and most of them found it very humorous. The federal judge never said a word. I don't think he knew what to do, because he really couldn't order me not to wear the tie. Now, these days, I would probably be thrown in jail if I wore that tie into a federal courtroom. But that's that's the type of federal judge we've had out there. And I've clashed with federal judges over the years. And yesterday I listened in on the oral arguments in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, I understand the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is based in California and covers several states, including Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. And it has been a notoriously liberal court. It is the Court of Appeals in this country, and there are 11 Courts of Appeals, that has been the most reversed. In fact, it's been more, most, there have been more reversals of decisions made in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals than basically all the other Court of Appeals combined, as I understand it. This is because the people that have been appointed to the federal bench there are not judges. They do not consider themselves to be judges, unbiased judges. They consider themselves to be in control. And they want to impose their will and their ideology on the rest of the country. And so they always decide in favor of the leftists. They were the ones that that threw out the Arizona immigration law. And they are the ones that, that basically threw out the California vote, which occurred a few years ago, where the people of California voted to make marriage between a man and a woman, to basically say that that's what marriage consisted of. That was the definition as far as people of California went. It was between a man and a woman. Ninth Circuit threw that out, and then ultimately, of course, the Supreme Court agreed with them. Again, this is not fulfilling their obligations under the Constitution. The Constitution of the United States basically only established one court, 
and that was the United States Supreme Court. And it was basically put in to decide disputes between states in the new republic, constitutional republic we had. The Congress was then empowered to set up lower courts, and ultimately they set up district courts nationwide, and they set up courts of appeal. The judges are appointed. They are not elected by the people of the United States, whereas the President of the United States is elected, and the members of the Congress are elected. Supreme Court justices are appointed for life, and they have to be approved by the United States Senate. Unfortunately, the Senate makes a habit of approving virtually anyone that's brought before it until now. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to decide Supreme Court justices, and of course, it's been going on for years, based on their political ideology, based on their willingness to push a leftist agenda. In the case of the Ninth Circuit, I used to refer to it as the Communist Court of Appeals. That's how bad it is. That's how bad many of the judges are. But in any case, I listened yesterday to the oral arguments where we had the Department of Justice arguing to defend the immigration ruling by the Obama administration that did not stop immigration from certain countries. It put a temporary pause on it until there could be adequate vetting. Now, this is perfectly constitutional. This is something that the Constitution allows the President of the United States to do. If it's approved by Congress, this has been approved by Congress. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution gives Congress the sole authority over immigration law in this country. It does not give any authority to the President, essentially. It doesn't give any authority to the federal courts. The Congress can decide, and it's basically only a few words in the Constitution that says, Congress shall provide for rules of naturalization. Well, naturalization implies that that includes setting up the rules for immigration. And the Supreme Court has ruled that way for a couple, couple of times now. That the Congress sets up the rules, and then the President is empowered, or actually ordered, to enforce those rules. Well, Congress back in the 1950s, and a couple of times since then, has set up immigration rules. And one of those rules is that the President of the United States has sole and full authority to decide who can immigrate to this country and what the rules are for them immigrating. And he can set up those rules and he can limit immigrants coming in from certain countries when he believes that those immigrants, their admission into the country, could cause problems, national security problems for our country. The seven countries that Trump cited in his executive order. And this executive order was made completely under the rule of law that was established by Congress and the laws that they passed. President Trump took the seven countries that Obama had labeled as the hotbeds of terrorism. And he said, okay, we're going to limit immigration here until we can do some vetting. 
Now, these seven countries include places like Somalia and Syria and Yemen, where essentially there are no governments, no operating governments. So it is virtually impossible to vet people coming from those countries. You can't find out their criminal history, because there's no way to find it out. You cannot find out if they're uh, affiliated with ISIS or Al-Qaeda or some other terrorist organization. There's essentially no way to protect our country. Now, we had a federal judge in Washington, and this was a suit brought by two states, Washington and Minnesota. And by the way, it was joined in by some major corporations, and we'll talk about that in a little while, because that in itself is very concerning. But these two states brought the suit on behalf of foreign immigrants, claiming that, basically claiming that there's a constitutional right for people who are living in other countries and are citizens of other countries, that they have a right under the U.S. Constitution to come into this country. That is absolutely untrue. Let's take our first break now, and we'll talk more. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed, and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So we have the Court of Appeals um, here is oral arguments. And, of course, prior to the getting of the Court of Appeals, uh, this had gone in front of the, the district court in Washington. And, again, <clears throat> I assert that the two states involved have no right to assert constitutional rights on behalf of non-citizens in this country. They don't have what we call legal standing to do so. And that was one of the issues that was being raised here. 
but the decision by the district judge, Judge Robart, in Washington State was absolutely incredible. Because what he said was is that in order to grant a TRO, temporary restraining order, stopping the enforcement of the president's order, he has to do several things. First of all, he's got to find a clear and present danger to the constitutional rights of individuals. By individuals, I mean American citizens, which, of course, is not present here. And he has to find that the plaintiffs are in such a position that they will probably prevail when there's a hearing on the merits. And we haven't had a hearing on the merits here yet. This is strictly a procedural type thing. But despite never having a hearing, despite not holding, getting information on any specific facts involved in this case, despite this, this federal judge, who clearly considers himself godlike, ruled that he could find no evidence that anybody from any of these seven countries had ever committed or attempted to commit a terrorist act in the United States. Obviously, he didn't look at the facts. Obviously, he didn't care about the facts. The fact of the matter is that just in the last few years, we have had 24 people from countries within this group of seven. And we're talking about Iraq, we're talking about Somalia, we're talking about Yemen, we're talking about Iran, we're talking about Syria, Libya, a lot of which I say, like I said, are countries that have no central government, except for places like Iran. And that's a, a government that's clearly hostile to us. But he found that none of these citizens, no immigrants from these countries had done anything to threaten the people of the United States. In fact, there are 24 of them known. That's what's known. 24 have been arrested and in most cases convicted of either plotting terrorist attacks or attempting to carry out terrorist attacks in this country. If you'll recall, the attack in Minnesota, and Minnesota is one of these, these states that's involved in this lawsuit, the attack in Minnesota on a mall was carried out by a Somali immigrant. So we have a federal judge here who didn't make his decision according to the facts, and he says he wasn't making it because of the facts because he hadn't supposedly heard the facts, but he makes his decision purely on political grounds, purely because he's a leftist, leftist Democrat. So then yesterday, as I said, I listened in on the oral argument in front of the Fifth Circuit or Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and it was done via telephone and Skype because of the fact that the three judges that were put on the panel were in three different kind of states, and we're not brought together to hold a face-to-face hearing, which is highly unusual, by the way. You know, apparently these federal judges, their time is too important for them to do their jobs and to come forward and hold a, an immediate hearing for all of them to fly in and say San Francisco or Los Angeles and hold an immediate hearing. They had to do it by telephone for their convenience. What I heard 
as far as the questions that were being asked by these federal judges of both sides, as far as the remarks being made by these federal judges, that we are not dealing here with three unbiased, impartial, impartial federal judges, which is what they're supposed to be. We're dealing with three leftist ideologues, three committed leftists who in all likelihood are going to uphold this ban and send it back to Judge Robert for an evidence hearing. Well, he didn't want to hear any evidence that doesn't conform to his philosophy, and that is that the immigration ban is illegal, that the United States has no right to secure its borders, that the American people have no right to be safe by having their borders secure, that all of a sudden foreign immigrants that are trying, whether they're trying to come here legally or illegally, <clears throat> suddenly have constitutional rights. That is not true. They do not have constitutional rights. Even if they come into this country legally, they have limited constitutional rights. If they come in illegally, they certainly have limited constitutional rights. Basically, their only right if they're Ill illegally is if they commit a crime is to have somebody appointed to represent them and have due process in a criminal trial. But what the left wants here is open borders. No security for the American people. No chance to protect our borders. And I live in Texas. I know what's happening on the Texas border with Mexico. I know how under the Obama administration... Nobody was being stopped. Or if they were stopped, it was a catch-and-release program. People who were obviously affiliated with gangs, had the gang tattoos, admitted to being members of gangs in other countries, admitted in some cases to having committed murders in those other countries. Obama had them released and sent wherever they wanted to go in the United States so they could join their gangs, so they could become criminals. We have numerous cases here of people who were caught and released or people who served time for crimes in this country up to and including murder and rape. When they served their time, they were supposed to be deported, but they weren't deported. Most of them ended up in sanctuary cities where the police are not even allowed to comply with the laws of the federal government regarding immigration. We have these sanctuary cities being set up. Unfortunately, last night in Dallas, Texas, the county commissioners voted to make Dallas a sanctuary county. There have been numerous crimes committed in Dallas by illegals. So instead of trying to make the people of Dallas safer, they have made the county of Dallas safe for illegals, safe for criminals. Because they figure they're going to have the support of the federal government. Now, the Ninth Circuit has not made a decision yet, and they're saying it won't come out today. It will probably come out tomorrow or the next day. I'm confident I know what the decision will be. 
that decision will be in favor of the so-called constitutional rights of foreigners and against the safety of the American people and the constitutional rights of the American people to be safe. And then it will go to the Supreme Court. Now, on the Supreme Court, we have currently four liberal judges and four conservative judges, although a couple of the conservative judges have been iffy on certain issues. And if the vote is four to four, then the ruling of the Ninth Circuit will stand. Now, of course, this this ruling right now will still have to go back for a hearing in front of Judge Robert, but he's given every indication where he stands on it. And we know where the Ninth Circuit probably will stand on it when they finish with this ruling. And so we're going to have a horrendous situation because if it's a 4-4 to four tie, then the ruling of the Ninth Circuit, whatever it is, will stand. And it will be the law of the land. Americans are going to die as a result of such a, a ruling. American cities are going to be overrun by illegals. And guess who, who funds all this? You and I, the taxpayers. Dallas County is fine with illegals coming in. And what do they do with those illegals? Well, they give housing, free food, free education, free medical care. They provide toys for their children. They give all this free stuff. And that's why they're coming here in the first place. Some come to work, yes. But many just come because they know they can get all this free stuff at the expense of the American taxpayer. You think any of the liberals on the Dallas County Commission care about that? No, they don't care about that. They don't care about their own citizens. They don't care about the taxpayers. They don't even care about the people who elected them. They figure if they can bring in enough illegals, or enough legal immigrants and so-called refugees and put them on a fast track for citizenship, then they can vote, and that will keep these liberals in power. And by the way, this idea that no illegals voted in our recent elections is untrue. An organization in Virginia just had time to survey nine counties and they found at least a 1,000 illegals registered to vote. That's in nine counties in Virginia. We know in California, it's out, totally out of hand. In California, they issue driver's license to, to anybody who wants one. They don't have to boost their citizens. They don't have to show a green card. All they have to do is go apply. And once they apply for a driver's license and receive it, then they can automatically register to vote. So if you think really that there were no illegal votes cast in this previous election or in 2012 or in 2008, you're absolutely wrong. Because it's been done on a daily basis in elections around the country. And it's going to continue to be done. And federal courts are going to continue to assure that it's being done. In other words, we, the citizens of the United States, 
are losing our constitutional rights in favor of providing constitutional rights to people who are not citizens of this country and in some cases are coming here to do us harm. Let's take our second break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So, you know, we have the federal judges out there, and we have the liberal members of Congress, and we have the liberal left-wing media, which is all pushing this agenda of constitutional rights for illegals. And one of the arguments they're making is, number one, is this is a this ban issued by Trump is a ban on Muslims. Well, if it was a ban on Muslims, then it would be on 47 countries, not just seven countries. And Muslims are not specifically named in this bad tribal ban. It's a general ban on anybody coming from these countries. And the liberals in Congress and liberal judges out there, and of course in that mainstream media, is going nuts saying, well, this violates the constitutional provision, the constitutional prohibition against a religious test. Guess what? There is no such prohibition in the Constitution in regard to immigration. Article 6 of the Constitution states in part that, and I'm quoting here, the senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial orders 
both in the United States and in the several states, shall be bound by an oath of affirmation to support this Constitution, but no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any officer or public trust under the United States. And it says specifically, all executive and judicial officers. There is no provision in the Constitution that bars a religious test from being used on immigration. In fact, it has been upheld in the past by the courts. So we're being lied to by the mainstream media. But hey, that's what the mainstream media does. Is they lie to us about everything at this point. But we have lawsuits continuing. And there's a bunch of them out there besides just the one they're talking about right now. Interestingly enough, <clears throat> some major U.S. corporations have joined on the side of the illegals. They're joined on the liberal side. Now, Amazon is one of them, and that's not, not a surprise, because Jeff Bezos, who's in charge of Amazon, also now owns the Washington Post, which is constantly attacking the Trump administration and Republicans and conservatives. And I still, by the way, you cannot buy my books on uh, Amazon as e-books. I was banned and can't get an adequate explanation for that. And uh, you can buy my paperback books on there. But you can still buy all of them on Barnes & Noble, including the Nook books um, and also my book, The Constitution. Our Constitution is now available as a Nook book. That's an e-book on Barnes & Noble for $2.99. That book is becoming more and more important. I did a, a, I was interviewed in a radio talk show last week, and within a couple of hours of me being interviewed, 61 copies of that book that had been ordered. Because it talks about the Constitution and explains the Constitution. It explains what I talk about in this article, and my latest article on immigration and the Constitution is on my website at www.michaelconnelly.com. And by the way, you can order the booklet and all of my books through my website. And, of course, that's the preferred method for me because I'm going to make a lot more money when that happens. But in any case, the booklet on the Constitution... I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution, I put them in the way they were originally written, and then I point out if they've been amended, but I also point out what they mean and what the amendments mean. And immigration is an area that is covered specifically in the Constitution. And the control of immigration is clearly under the purview of Congress. Yet the judiciary is taking control of that. The federal judges are saying, well, we don't care what the Constitution says. We're above the Constitution. The Constitution is a living document that can be changed at any time. It doesn't have to be about a formal amendment process set up in the Constitution. 
It can be done by us, by federal judges, on the U.S. Supreme Court, or the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, because we've been appointed for life. You can't do anything to get rid of us, and therefore we are above everyone else. We are smarter than you are. You are just basically unwashed masses, and you have to do what we say. That's the approach we're getting right now in the Constitution. You watch in mainstream news media, and they don't talk about the fact that a lot of these so-called refugees are coming from failed states. As I mentioned, states like Syria and Libya and Somalia and Yemen, where there is no central government, there is no record-keeping. They don't know who the people are. In fact, the people coming from Syria, many of them that are, that are getting into Europe, are not, in fact, Syrians. But Syrian passports are on sale on the black market in mass. So you have people that aren't even from Syria that are coming into Europe and causing havoc. And people are getting killed in Europe. And is there any question in anybody's mind, except for, of course, the liberals who will deny it, that the terrorist attacks in Europe, in Paris, in Brussels, in Germany, all were carried out by Muslim refugees, so-called refugees, that came in from Muslim countries, that were there to commit acts of radical Islamic terrorism, which the left-wing media in this country still won't refer to by name. Any question in anybody's mind except for the left, and they, they, they know the answer to the question, particularly in the mainstream media. They know who's committing these acts of terrorism, and they know the danger to this country, and they don't care. Just like Elizabeth Warren doesn't care. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care. Chuck Schumer doesn't care. They care with what their base wants, and their base is far left, and the ultimate goal of their base is to destroy our constitutional republic. But that means leaving a lot of dead Americans, dead in malls, dead in sporting events, dead on our streets, they don't care. And that's what we have to realize we're up against at this point. And when it comes to the mainstream media, the attacks on Trump and conservatives, particularly on Trump, are, are getting so ridiculous that they're almost laughable if they weren't so serious. I mean, here we are facing crisis with Iran that has been test-firing ballistic missiles, medium-range ballistic missiles, despite the U.N. ban, despite the treaty it signed with Obama that was never ratified by, by the United States Senate, and our own Congress, which was controlled by the Republicans, caved on that and allowed Obama to call the second executive order when, in fact, it was a treaty. There's no question about the fact that it was a treaty. But we have Iran doing this and supporting the rebels in Yemen 
who had been firing rockets at American ships and recently hit a Saudi Arabian ship. We have the Iranian who are supporting Hezbollah, they're supporting attacks on Israel, they're supporting attacks on American troops, they support Hamas, they support attacks on American troops in Iraq, in Afghanistan. We have that kind of thing going on. We have a situation in places like Chicago, the gun control mecca in the country, where people are being murdered in gang violence on a daily basis. We have the Chinese trying to manipulate our currency and cause us harm. We have the Russians recent or just today sending missiles to Syria, to the Syrian government, and continuing to threaten Ukraine. With all that going on, what was the big headline today, one well, of the big headlines on the mainstream media? Whether or not Trump sometimes wears a bathrobe in the White House. The claim is that, that Trump spends all of his time in the White House sitting around in a bathrobe and he's not really governing. What about all the pictures of the guy every day, meetings with people? He's not sitting there in a bathrobe. I suppose he does spend some time in a bathrobe in the White House. What business of that is in the mainstream media? And why do we are we supposed to care? Why are we as American voters supposed to care about that? And then, of course, you have the uh, companies like Amazon and Starbucks and places like that who are launching attacks on Trump constantly. And companies like Morstam and Macy's punishing Ivanka Trump, his daughter, because they don't like what the voters did in November. And they're getting rid of her clothing line and her jewelry line. These are the headlines. This is what the mainstream media is talking about. They are ridiculous. They are so totally corrupt, and I refer to the members of the mainstream media as belonging to the Joseph Goebbels School of Journalism. Goebbels, of course, was the head of the propaganda machine <laughs> of the Nazis for Adolf Hitler. And basically, the mainstream media and our college campuses are propaganda organs for the liberals. They did it for Obama when he was president. They did it for Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State and running for president. They're doing it now in their attacks on Donald Trump. Let's take our final break now. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, 
We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, in the meantime, with all this going on, we also have American soldiers continuing to die fighting to the war on terrorism. And today, I watched the press conference and press briefing by Sean Spicer. And reporters, one in particular, was attacking Trump because a Navy SEAL was lost in the raid in Yemen. Now, they're saying that Trump is responsible because it happened under his watch, and he supposedly approved the raid, which he did, but he didn't plan it. And they ran into unexpected opposition, and so the media is saying, well, this was an unsuccessful raid because an American SEAL died. The American SEAL died for his country, died as a hero. And it dishonors him to call this an unsuccessful raid because what they recovered when they took out this Al-Qaeda outpost in Yemen, recovered a treasure trove of documents, computer hard drives, flash drives, with information that is going to save a lot of American American lives down the road. So this man needs to be honored. But the left doesn't do that. They don't honor our military. They don't honor our police. They use them as tools to push their progressive agenda. And that's what's happening on the college campuses. I'm working on on two different things right now. I am putting together a way to fact-check the mainstream media, which they're so fond of doing with with Trump and with the Republicans, so-called fact-checking. When, in fact, if you look at their fact-checking, mostly what they're doing is they're coming up with lies to support their position. And we also have our kids on college campuses, where last week alone, two conservative speakers one in New York, one in California. There were riots by snowflakes in colleagues, the millennials, the ones who were pampered because they were so upset 
that the election didn't go their way, that their choice for a career criminal to be president of the United States lost. So they burned things down. They attacked conservative students. They attacked current conservative speakers. The speaker in New York uh, City College, I believe it was, he got maced by the leftists. This is what they do. They are vicious, but they also want to be taken care of. They want free tuition. They didn't get free tuition. Although San Francisco is now going to start giving students free college tuition by imposing a major tax on on people with expensive homes. So we have the college students out there rioting. We have the anarchists rioting, setting fire to police cars, attacking police officers. The mainstream media is not criticizing any of this. It is actively pushing for more of it to happen. And the college professors out there, I mean, you know, for the most part, these these college professors are are nuts. They believe so strong in their leftist ideology and so strongly that because they are professors and because they have a Ph.D., they are so much smarter than we are. And they join forces with the Hollywood elites And they tell us repeatedly how stupid we are and how we should have paid attention to what they wanted us to do during the election and not have voted the way we did. And the Democrats in Congress, you know, that that's a bunch of idiots. And I usually don't do name-calling, but, you know, the fact of the matter is that any time I ever said anything derogatory about any of Obama's policies, not about Obama himself, but about his policies. I was called a racist. I was called homophobic because I supported traditional marriage. I was called Islamophobic because I oppose, I don't believe that Islam is a truly a religion. I believe it's a political ideology that uses religion as a tool. But the college professors out there, uh, you know, they're in line with the Democrats in Congress. Basically, they are having temper tantrums. They are so upset about the fact that they lost. And let's face it, the Democrats ran on a far-left platform. I mean, their their constituency consisted of Black Lives Matter. Hillary Clinton didn't want anything to do with the police unions. Their political constituency consisted of Planned Parenthood and the people who want to make money killing babies. And by the way, did you notice that the mainstream media covered the so-called Women's March, which, by the way, was run by an Islamic terrorist adherent. They covered that extensively and made no mention virtually of a march two days later with thousands of people marching for the right to life. Selective coverage. In the meantime, the Democrats in Congress are doing everything they can to delay the Obama administration appointment of cabinet members. This is unprecedented. 
Even the Washington Post says it's unprecedented. But this is just temper tantrums. I mean, they're basically Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are laying on the floor, kicking their feet, and holding their breasts till they turn blue because they are so upset that they lost the election. Why did they lose the election? Because they ran on a far-left agenda. So how are they responding to that loss? They're going to move farther to the left. And the whole time they're doing this, they're claiming to be mainstream. Neil Gorsuch is an outstanding nominee for the United States Supreme Court. And the Dems are opposing him because they said he's not a mainstream appointee. Which by that they mean he doesn't agree with all of our liberal positions. They call that the mainstream. Newsflash, Dems. The mainstream voted in November. The mainstream of America voted and they kicked you to the curb. And I frankly hope they can continue with their insane rants and their whining. But we have to stop them using our children as weapons. Because they can continue their whining and ranting. And I don't think it will do them any good with the average voter right now. But what about the kids that are being brought up in our schools? who don't even know what the Constitution says, much less what it means. They're not taught about the Constitution. They're taught a distorted version of American history. And that's something else I'm going to be looking at. Is what's happening to our students on campuses. They're being denied in high school and college their constitutional rights. And they don't even know it because they don't know what constitutional rights are. That's why so many of my booklets have been purchased by schools or by people purchasing for distribution to schools around the country to students. So they will have this little pocket-sized constitution. And by the way, you can order a single copy of it just $6. And if you're ordering in mass, you can get significant reductions, and if you're ordering for schools, contact me personally through my websites, through my email, because I will give you a basically a discount to the point where you're going to be paying costs. I'm entitled to a royalty on these booklets, but I don't make any money off of them because I roll it all over back into the little corporation, nonprofit I have, Constitutional Law Alliance, so that we can continue to print copies, and send them out to schools, people that want to distribute them to schools at reduced cost. Now, I do make money off of my patriotic novels and my book, Colin Mortimer, about my dad's unit in World War II. That, and I'm a story of America and the rag are all available uh, as paperbacks on all major websites and available on most websites except Amazon as e-books. So you can order those through them. And you can order my books of ghost stories, which a lot of vampire stories that the kids love. You can order those as paperback copies. Or you can order them directly through my website. 
at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. And you can order an autographed copy if you so desire. And uh, that helps support my efforts with things that I'm doing because I'm trying to do a lot of work here for our country. And there's so much to be done out there. If anybody wants to work with me and help me, let me know. In the meantime, thank you for listening in today. I appreciate it as always. Get your friends and family to uh, go to the America's Web Radio website, the Our Constitution page, and they can listen to the archive shows anytime they want to. And help me get the word out about our Constitution and about our freedom. Thank you again. I'll talk to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.